Escape of Cthulhu presents The Corsairs of Cthulhu Campaign The Astronomer's Map by Ben Burns Are we at sea right now? Uh, no, you are at the Galapagos you are at the you are on the one of the islands in the Galapagos archipelago. Yeah, we um yeah Perform, you performed a ritual and uh, we went to the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. and, and we stole a piece of the uh, an amulet yes, that was a piece of the puzzle that was obviously sealing a door closed but yeah we may have unleashed a horde of of um fishman monsters to um on the world but eh, what's that in the grand scheme of going to find treasure for ourselves wait did we get back to the land or are we still underwater no well we're on land because we we got onto our ship and sailed back to sailed off to the galapagos island which was our destination from before yeah yeah and then we met a guy who's i i couldn't quite tell if he was marooned or happy to be there and there's other person on the island a witch right a witch um and she comes to the watering hole once every so often, so we need to wait and speak to her. Or maybe that's a good idea. Yes? So, I feel like I remember needing to, to connect with this yep. lady. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we ended the session. Uh, that would be correct. Does anyone have any questions or are we all caught up on anything we're not clear about? I don't want to just throw you into the deep end. And So we know. we have that we we're at peace with the guy. We're just not with him right now. We left him to go to the water hole to meet up with the witch possibly. Yes. And what did we think she could give us? Well, I think we think that there's another piece of the map here. Um, and being is that he calls her a witch. It just seems like a logical place to start. Yeah, and if there are only two people. Because the, the pieces of the map that you had originally seemed to indicate that there was something of interest on what you eventually would find out was Rapa Nui. And then there you got another piece that fit onto the map, and that piece seemed to indicate that there was something interesting or relevant 
similarly at the Galapagos. So you came to the Galapagos, uh, met the gentleman on the beach, uh, and to answer uh, Monsieur Chappelle's question, uh, the answer is both. He is marooned and happy to be there. Uh, who mentioned the presence of one other person being a witch. And hey, that sounds interesting and possibly relevant. Let's go talk to her. <coughs> OK. Should we try to do this surreptitiously or should we just wait here until she shows up and be like, hi, do you have a piece of an amulet or a map? And can we borrow it forever? I don't think we should. I don't know about being surreptitious because I feel like she would. Uh, we might freak her out a little. She's probably got some magic powers and stuff. So we should probably really try to be her friend. We can we can ask her, you know, directly. Uh, tell her that we are on a quest, that we're looking for pieces of the map and that we have been told that uh, one is located here. If she knows anything about it and there could be some reward if she points that in the right direction. Oh, bonny day. All right. There's always some extra coin we can spare, especially with the last uh, um, battles that we have won. Why don't we give her these special magic coins that you got from the uh, the the ghost captain, and that way we can get rid of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> We can do that. Uh, just to be clear, the 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 um, coin that Captain uh, Captain Booth gave you that you used in the ceremony uh, disappeared during the ceremony. Uh, so do we have one still? Yes, you have the one that you found on Rapa Nui. Okay. Or that found you, however you would care to describe it. What if we did the same ritual but at a different place? I mean. I just wonder, did the ritual take us to that place? We could have been uh, anywhere on the ocean. Just a thought. I'm for doing that again if you think that would uh, be fruitful. Oh. Okay, doctor. In my opinion, it was an extraordinary experience um, and we were lucky to survive. But um, I don't know if we should, should push our luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did have some luck in getting out of that. <laughs> I imagine that we're like eating papaya and, you know, sunbathing while we're waiting <laughs> to show up, you know, pontificating about, you know, following ghost captain's orders. <laughs> yeah. That seems reasonable. Uh, the other, the other, the rest of the queue, the rest of the crew, as you are waiting by the watering hole, uh, they are careening the ship. They are, you know, Rick are taking water from the water hole, 
refill the casks, uh, you know, hunting up to the extent that you can call it hunting uh, some of the giant tortoises to uh, take them back to the ship, doing some fishing, that sort of thing. It's a general holiday for everyone in the uh, warm sun, in the natural beauty of the Galapagos. And you wait, you hang out by the watering hole, camp, night comes, presumably maybe you set up a, a watch through the night just to, uh, first because you're used to, because that's the way things are run on ship, and second, just in case she shows up at night, you never know, uh, but she does not. Uh, the next day, bright and clear and warm and beautiful and very relaxing. Uh, you can all have a D2 sand back for your little tropical holiday. Uh, yes. You know, I'm beginning to think that I too would like to be shipwrecked here. <laughs> Part of that cut out, Rachel. It is a balm to my shaky nerves. <laughs> yeah. And so that second day, the uh, the crew is definitely just kind of enjoying the day as you continue to wait around the watering hole, watching the wildlife, enjoying the birds, watching the fish swim in the water, working on your tans. Night comes and again passes. Third day dawns again, bright and clear. Not long after noon on the third day, as you're looking around the watering hole and out over the ocean and watching your shipmates pull back and forth between the Kronos and the shore and whatever else they are up to. Uh, from one of the other small islands in the archipelago, you see a canoe coming your way. Yeah. The water in and the water in and around the, uh, the archipelago itself is very calm. The canoe just slips easily across. As the canoe gets closer, you can see that there is indeed a person in it. And as it gets even closer, it is uh, a woman uh, and a old woman, a very old woman. Her skin is dark and leathery and heavily, heavily wrinkled. Um, her hair is just, what there is of it is just bright white. It's kind of wild and very, very thin. And she's hunched over and she has her arms full of a number of water skins. She lands the canoe on the, uh, 
on the shore near the watering hole where you wait, where you wait. And she looks up at you and uh, she, in, as you, you know, can get this kind of good look at her, you can see that one of her eyes is just completely clouded over with cataracts. It's just complete, almost completely white. And she kind of walks slowly up the beach with her water skins. Can we help you fill up your water skins? She drops. She she looks. She looks at you, Monsieur Chappelle, and she drops the water skins at your feet. Fills those up, then follow me. But of course, Mademoiselle. So I grab some water skins. I start to fill them up. Yeah, I help. Okay. <laughs> it takes just a few minutes. Uh, once you have the water skins filled, she gets back in her canoe. And pushes off back the way she came. All right. Yes, we will put them in our boat and follow after our rowboat. She left without her skins. That is correct. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we follow her. Uh, is what she told us to do. Yeah, it seems safe enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. You load the water skins into your uh, into your longboat and push off the shore. Follow her across to one of the other islands. It's very easy to follow her. She just goes straight there and lands on the uh, lands on the beach and kind of waits for you to uh, to join her. And then she walks a short way up the shore inland. Kind of up a small hill, and it's very, um, fairly jungly. It's very lush with vegetation. And at a particular point on the hillside, she kind of pulls aside um, what almost looks like a curtain of vines, and you can see there is a cave entrance. And she steps in. And as she steps past the vines and, and just kind of sets foot in the cave, uh, she turns and she looks back at you and she smiles and waves for you to follow her. And you can all make sand rolls. Oh, dear. Mm. Well, that those two points did not help me there. Failed sand roll. Yeah. Uh, lose one point for the failing, nothing for the success. Uh, as you can see, when she turns to smile at you, it, it's it's very clearly the same woman. There's no doubt about that. But she looks a good 30 or 40 years younger. You know, the, the wrinkles are almost completely gone. Her skin is, you know, certainly, you know, kind of a, a middle-aged, patchy, um, 
you know, she's standing up straighter. Her, you know, her body is thickened out a little bit. Her hair is, you know, very dark with just some white streaks in it. And she beckons you, waves for you to follow her. Did you see that, Marie? Are we going to look younger too? Hmm. Is that a magic cave? Hmm. Perhaps we should go find out. So we bring the waters into the cave. Yep. Okay. Uh, as you do, uh, no, you do not start getting younger. <laughs> Uh, but as you walk deeper into the cave, it's not very far, uh, and the, the the cave kind of smells slightly sulfurous, a little bit of a vinegar smell in the air, maybe. And it doesn't go back more than maybe 20 or 30 feet, but almost it seems like almost as you're following her, almost with every step she takes, she looks like she's getting younger. Hmm. Until, and like I say, this only takes a few minutes. You kind of reach, you kind of reach this a spot uh, deep in the cave where the cave kind of opens into um, a cavern, and it's it's very pleasant in here. It's a nice kind of comfortable, warm temperature. Uh, there is a fire pit uh, with a number of. Uh, there's no fire burning, but there are some kind of softly glowing embers. Uh, around the fire pit are a number of. Uh, pillows, uh, kind of large, you know, almost like a, a Turkish-style sitting pillow. Um, they are all smooth, kind of a silk fabric. And by this time, she looks to be maybe in her early to mid-twenties. Mademoiselle, your home is very delightful. Why, thank you. I find it a pleasant place to spend my days. It, um, uh, um, <laughs> I, uh, we are here, we are here on a mission. Yes, I know you are here looking for a key. Key to a map. Ah. Map of the astronomer. Many moons ago, he told me you would come for it. Ooh. If you don't mind my asking. The astronomer told me. It was his map, after all. Uh, do you have the key? I, you? I do not. But he told me where it was. Could you tell us? I can. I can open the passage for you to get to where it is. That is marvelous. Thank you. Oh, it will be my pleasure. 
Are you certain you wish to go retrieve it? It is, you must understand, not here. It is in another place. What do you mean? One might say you can find it in your dreams. Mademoiselle, do you know what the map leads to? Treasure, power, secrets. For those who complete the map? An incomplete map is of little use to anyone. Tell us more about this land of, of, of that we will be traveling to. Uh, the land of dreams. You've all been there, certainly. Dreams are a world not unlike our own, but crafted from the dreams of everyone, everyone in every world. Is a place to be wary and a place to be careful. You must tread lightly. It is a vast and unforgiving land. And while I do not know specifically in that land where your prize waits, I do know who we can ask. And who is that? When the time comes, I will introduce you. All I ask is payment. What would you like as payment? This will depend upon where the map is located. Same I would not mark. be so rude as to ask you for something that could not be retrieved from nearby. No, no, no. Something easy. Something you can find. We must first know where the map is located, and then I will tell you what my payment is. So we must go to this land, <clears throat> then come and tell you where in the land the map is, and then you will tell us your price. Oh, we do not need to go there first. The one we will ask will tell us where it is. And he will come here. On a ship? I'm confused. No, not on a ship. <sighs> well. How long will we wait for him? He will come when we call. We will call whenever you are ready. I think we are ready. How about you, Doctor? Yes, shy. Ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> 
the uh, the woman takes a stick and kind of stirs the um, the embers in the fire pit, and she takes a small stone bowl and sets it in the uh, in the fire pit on the embers. And she starts to hum kind of a soft melody. It's really hard to hear. She's almost, you know, humming it under her breath. She reaches into a pouch and pulls out a pinch of something and kind of sprinkles it into the bowl that you can see has what you hope is water. And she does so. The smell kind of permeates the room. It's not the most pleasant thing you've ever smelled. And then she reaches down and takes the uh, bowl from the embers, lifts it to her lips, takes a sip, and passes it to Monsieur Chappelle. All who wish to go must drink. I nod and take a drink. I will take a few sips. I'll take it last. Drink some. Very good, very good. Uh, she stands up. We, we, we are so trusty. Yes, trust all the wishes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she um, moves. She uh, she starts to walk deeper into uh, the cavern through a small passage. She gestures for you to follow her. We follow. Mm-hmm. And she leads you into a smaller cavern adjacent to the previous one. Uh, as she as she walks in, you can see there are a number of candles placed around the perimeter of this new smaller cave. And it is very clear that they are not lit until she walks in and then they start just popping to light one after the other around the room. As she gets even younger, pretty soon she will be in her swaddlings. Uh, she does not get any younger. <laughs> she, seem, she seems to have stopped at this point. Uh, you can see that there is a pentagram etched into the stone floor. And there is kind of a niche or like a shelf um, carved into the wall of one of the walls of this cave uh, in which there are a number of scrolls, paper scrolls, parchment scrolls that are rolled up. Please do not disturb me during the summoning. Once he is here, he will answer up to two questions. I would suggest that one of them be the location of your map. And she steps into the pentagram raises her hands above her head and as she does the the pentagram starts to glow 
with kind of a sickly yellow light. And it flares up as she starts to call out words, some language. You don't recognize the words. You barely even recognize it as a language. And then she yells out as the cave shakes and dust starts falling from the ceiling. Thenarius, come forth. I have need of you. You can see in one of her hands, there is something. It seems to be silver. Maybe it's a like a large nail or a stake or something like that. Inside the pentagram, a breeze seems to spring up out of nowhere and the dust swirls up off the floor. And it swirls and it starts to form a shape, a humanoid shape, almost like the demons that you've seen or the devils that you've seen in certain paintings or illuminations. Tall, muscular, horns on the head. The room fills with the smell of sulfur. Why have you called me, Kina? You will answer my questions. And you will answer their questions. It is my will, Thenarius. Spot hidden rules. Yes. Pass spot hidden. You can see as this as this is going on, Fail. she's she is trembling. A very a very kind of slight tremble, like you know, like tension, right? Uh, and she breaks out into a sweat. And the figure laughs. <laughs> and it reaches a hand out. And it kind of reaches where you figure the edge of the pentagram is and blue and white sparks flare as it kind of runs its hands down this invisible barrier and it reaches out towards you or towards her. And there's kind of a screeching noise as this thing's hands claw down this invisible barrier. It's It's a very loud, piercing, fingernails on a chalkboard kind of sound. It, it, it's almost painful. Every time you call me, I get stronger. You get weaker. I almost had you last time. Perhaps I will this time. I will play with you. And then I can play with your pets. And the figure turns to look at uh, all of you, and it just laughs. You can all make a sanity roll. Mm. Fail the sanity roll. 
I'm okay with this one. Me too, I pass. Uh, one point for one point for the failures, a, or for the successes. Sorry, a D six for Miss Fulton's failure. The demon is boasting. Do not be afraid, Marie. Ask it where the key is. Uh, how much sand did you lose? One. Fulton? One? Okay. Um, you can see now that the woman, apparently Kina, uh, is sweating profusely. Uh, she is shaking and trembling. Um, and as she is you know, staring at this creature, you see kind of a, a green lightning and sparks flying out of her eyes and arcing around the pentagram. And inside the pentagram, there's kind of a dark, ugly, purple lightning and energy crackling around the figure and up and down the, the invisible walls of the pentagram. And this goes on for a moment. This continues for a minute. You can see the woman is starting to tremble even harder. And at one point, she almost she almost stumbles. She almost kind of you know her her knee almost gives out, but she catches herself and stands stands tall again. And the lightning courses. Quickly, Master Chappelle, ask where the key is. Where is the key, demon in the dream land of dreams? And nothing happens as the lightning courses around the two figures. Monsieur Chappelle, would you make a power roll? <laughs> Probably. Oh, I will. Burn one point of luck to make that a success. Would you make a sanity roll? I will not. Uh, you can lose a d4. And the, the purple lightning just almost as at an instant just goes out and dissipates and the green lightning just envelops the figure. And you can see the, the figure inside the pentagram, this demon of sand and, and wind and energy sag for a moment. Very well, mistress. You have won. One day, though, you will go too far. And the figure turns to look at you, Monsieur Chappelle. You can find what you are looking for under the city not to <clears throat> under the city not well to enter, in the center of the eastern wastes, in the middle of the fungus forest. 
I he look around having no clue what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we only get one more question. I don't want to waste it. <laughs> maybe maybe we should ask how can we how how do we do it to to go there? What what do we need to make in order to get there? Uh, well, I think she's gonna help us with that. Uh, two questions. Uh, maybe we can ask for the next piece of the puzzle. Is that sorry, Rachel? Uh, I sorry. Uh, sounds like a good as question as any. <laughs> and and where are we gonna find the next piece of uh, the fossil? Uh, the figure turns to you, Doctor Oates, and looks at you for a moment. A shiver. <laughs> Your quest is a fool's errand. Your question is a foolish one. I do not know. Mm. Now, if you are quite done, <coughs> release me. Connie. No, I am not finished with you yet. Uh -oh. And the woman steps forward and in a single clean motion reaches out with the silver spike that she was holding in her hand, plunges it into the figure's chest as she does so, the creature howls in pain. The cavern starts to shake, and more dust and rocks fall from the ceiling. And she pulls the bolt downwards, almost as if she's splitting the creature in two. And in fact, that's almost exactly what seems to happen. As the form splits and expands into a bright silver ring hanging in the air. Hurry, we do not have much time. This portal will take you to where you need to go. Quick, she. Oh. Run. And she she reaches over into the uh, alcove and pulls out one of the scrolls. 
There is a map of where you are going. When you arrive, meet me at the Monastery of Youth. There, acquire the amulet of Ense Kambal. But do not mention my name or that someone sent you. There's a set of stairs in the throne room of the chapel in the city of in the city not well to enter. You will find something that will help you find your way. You must hurry. All right, I grab the scroll and we run in the silver loop. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Trusting the wish once again and jumping into the portal to the place where we're not supposed to go. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. <laughs> the map that she gives you looks like this. Uh, you add into the notes the name of the amulet, since I'm sure you didn't get that. I probably didn't pronounce it right anyway. Here you go. Okay. Here we have the middle of the fungus forest. Not well to enter. All right. Run through the portal and. Um, a couple things. As you step through. Almost instantaneously, you 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 don't even. You know, there isn't even kind of a moment of transition. You know, one moment you're in the cave, you step through the portal, and then the next moment you are standing on a rocky ledge on the side of a mountain. It is intensely, intensely hot. And you, you, all three of you, you know, almost double over as your stomachs kind of turn and twist at the sudden uh, translation. Looking up the mountainside, you can see that you are actually on the uh, side of a volcano. At the top, mm. you can see it is blowing ash into what other what otherwise is a, a bright, clear sky. The sun is directly overhead. You can see a small rivulet of bright red lava coming over the uh, the side of the crater, coming over the rim of the crater at the top, and it's <clears throat> running down the side of the volcano <clears throat> and coming past the ledge that you're on, not more than 10 yards away from you. And it continues a short ways further down the slope and empties into what looks just like a lake of lava. As you look about and gain your your bearings, um, you realize first that you are not wearing what you were wearing before. 
you're all dressed, but you're dressed in clothing that is older from, you know, not like thousands of years ago, maybe not even 500 years ago, but definitely well out of date, well out of style. For the early 16th century. Uh, You are all perfectly groomed. Your hair is clean and neat and well put together. Um, Your skin is clean and clear and, you know, almost (coughs) perfect. Right, that old scar from that one fight where um, Mr. Prescott threw his uh, cutlass at you is gone. Didn't really throw it. He was just (laughs) else. It hit me. (laughs) Uh, You can all add two skills to your character. Dreaming. Uh, the first is dreaming. And you can set that to uh, whatever your POW is. Uh, and the second skill is dream lore. And you can set that to half of your Cthulhu mythos uh, or one point if you don't have any mythos. Mm-hmm. We got them. So dream lore. And what is the other one? Dreaming. So dreaming equal to your POW, dream lore equal to half of your mythos. Okay. Uh, you also notice that any firearms, that you were, any weapons that you were carrying, uh, knives and sabers and cutlasses, swords, things like that, they're still there. You still have them. Um, uh, any pistols that you had, you do not have pistols anymore. They are, they have, you have throwing knives. Uh, If you had a rifle or blunderbuss, as I know Ms. Fulton likes to carry around her blunderbuss, uh, she now has a bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Nice, we're in the dreamlands. Do My we, character doesn't know that. Yeah. Do we see any cities or signs of people anywhere? The volcano is above us. Uh, as you look down the hillside, uh, you can see that the, the hill is steep, but certainly not unclimbable. Uh, it will be difficult, challenging, but certainly doable. Um, 
And below you at the base of the mountain, you can see that the mountain gives way to uh, rolling green hills. Sorry, not green hills, rolling yellow hills. Seem to be covered in kind of a scraggly yellow grass. Uh, and there is a road cutting through the hills, not too terrible far away, what looks to be a city. Uh, shall we go that way? Yeah, let's move along. City, city's better than a volcano, yes. I feel the urge to yell, the floor is fire! The floor is fire! <laughs> right down. Yeah, since this is probably not the best place to read the map, we should get a move on. Out we go. Uh, to where are you going? Uh, away from this uh, rivulet of fire so that we can read the map and get a bearing of where we are. That seems reasonable. Yeah, actually. And try to see if we can get closer to the city. That also seems reasonable. Um, you make your way down the hillside as promised it is it is challenging, but uh, not not overly so. You slowly pick your way down the mountainside away from the flowing lava. So as we are headed away, we're looking around and we're taking in the surroundings and we're trying to um, place ourselves on the map and figure out where we are in relation to what we see on here. Navigation rolls. <clears throat> Navigation roll. Hmm. I got uh, Hard success. I don't think I have navigation, but I got a 30. I'm pretty sure base navigation is like 10 or something. Okay. I have a success too. Okay. Uh, Mr. Chappelle and Dr. Oates, as you come down into the, into the hills and you're kind of looking at the various ridges around you, um, you, figure that you are the city that you are the city that you are headed towards is the city labeled on the map as the city of Gok. Kind of right smack in the center. And you are coming at it from the north. Of the forbidden lands. Hmm. 
wonder why they are forbidden. I probably don't want to know. Ah, I see on the map the monastery of of Yitz. That's where we need to to go to meet um to meet the woman who we shall not name. Yeah, so um, as it turns out, we may not be making our way to Gok after all. Well, Just head west from here. Mm-hmm, yeah, perhaps it's in a different direction. But perhaps we can find uh, horses. Do you, I do not want to walk all the way there. It will take too long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, we should. I agree. I we agree. Maybe, maybe we can go with other travelers that are going to that uh, monastery. Yes, we can be on the pilgrimage. Those yeah. funny clothes, you look like pilgrims to me. Sounds good. Okay. As you make your way through the hills towards the road and as you approach uh, the road, uh, there are two men on the road. They're facing away from you. They're in such a, you know, they're facing in such a direction that as you uh, get close to the road, they are facing away from you. Uh, they are wearing kind of red flowing cloth clothing. Pants and kind of a flowing tunic and cape. They have a cloth wrapped around their heads, kind of a kind of a turban sort of getup. Leather vests over their tunics, uh, and they are uh, each holding a spear and a shield. And they're facing away from us. Uh, they are facing away from you, uh, kind of just walking slowly along the road, kind of meandering, you might say, <clears throat> towards the city of apparently Gok. Hello there, fellow travelers. And as you say that, they turn. Ah, good day to you, travelers. Ah. Since we're going the, the same direction, maybe we can go and tag along. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, please do come with us. Uh, you are, after all, under arrest. Ah. Uh, pardon, what? Um, I did not hear you correctly. You say we are under arrest? Uh, yes, yes. By the authority of King Karanas, you are under arrest for entering the Forbidden Lands. Please do accompany us back to Gok. There you will be tried and sentenced. Hmm. We were just leaving. I see, I see. You, you knew we were coming? No, not at all. But here you are. 
Very good for us to have caught you. Mm -hmm. I, I look at my fellow pirates. <laughs> and I look at my knives. Yes, are we really caught? Well, certainly. Here we are. There you are. You are under arrest, and you are going to come back with us to Gak to be tried and sentenced. I, I don't know that we came out of the Forbidden Lands. One of them kind of leans over to look back to look back behind you. No, I'm pretty sure you did. But if, if that is your defense, you can certainly make it at your trial. <clears throat> That's what a trial is for, after all. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of trials, friends. Why don't we just forget about oh, this I'm... and we go to your city and, and you don't take us to any to to any trials? Oh, we can't just... do that. Then 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 we would be on trial for we would have to arrest ourselves. We certainly don't want to do that. But mm -hmm. no one will have to mm -hmm. know. Yes, but if you don't tell them that you didn't arrest us and we don't tell them that you didn't arrest us, then who knows? Uh, they look at each other. Why wouldn't we tell? It is what happened. Oh, no, no, no. You didn't see us come out of the Forbidden Lands. Perhaps we stepped out of some magic portal right here behind you. Uh, they they kind of blink a few times and, and rub their eyes. Mm, maybe. But again, if that's your defense, you can you can certainly present your defense at trial, and and if you don't like trials, that's it, that's fine. They're they're usually over very quickly. What is usually the punishment for <laughs> um, going in, coming out, or going into the Forbidden Lands? One day in jail. If that is all of the punishment, why are they forbidden? Well, because if be, because you have to spend a day in jail. Uh, will we get to meet your king if we go to this trial? Oh, yes. Of course, King Karanis proceeds over all the trials. How could it be otherwise? Um, you know, magistrates, bureaucracy, red tape, things pirates really don't hold very much, very well with. Oh, no, nothing like that. I don't know, Monami. I don't know either. Um. How how strong do they look, Jim? How strong do they look? Mm-hmm. Uh, slightly above average. <clears throat> I know you are a man of uh, action, Doctor, but perhaps perhaps we could play along with these. 
I'll follow your lead. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. We'll go to that trial of yours. And we'll, we'll discuss our defense. It's very clear that we didn't go to the forbidden lands. We are just coming out from a portal. Um, I'm surprised that you cannot see that. Well, perhaps, but uh, this is, I'm, I'm sure the king will, will sort this all out. It will all be fine. Tommy, do you catch many people coming out of the forbidden lands? Well, of course not, they are forbidden. Why would someone go into the Forbidden Lands? Why set guards on a place that nobody goes to? Oh, we're not guarding the Forbidden Lands. Well, we're, just out, we're just out for a walk and are lucky enough to have caught you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about your city. I want to hear everything about it. Is your king a just man? Oh, yes. King Karanis is a great man, wise and intelligent. He must have very good reasons for making the forbidden lands forbidden, eh? Well, certainly, because they are forbidden. I guess we follow along. <laughs> Um, they, uh, they will accompany you. Uh, they very clearly aren't, you know, they're, they're not, you know, tying you up, right? They're not, you know, give me your sword, anything like that. You know, they're not, you know, following behind you, you know, spear tips pointing, you know, poking in your back. Um, you know, they are, they're just walking with you, right? It really is just, you know, they, they, they. You know, if they didn't tell you that you were under arrest, you would think you're just all, you know, on a pleasant stroll. Um, and, you know, since the question was asked and presumably more questions would be asked, um, they will, you know, kind of tell you little bits and pieces about Gok and how beautiful it is and wonderful and all the people and food and wine and... What did they know yeah. about uh, the monastery of, uh, of Yith? Um, they will tell you that it is to the west of Gok, and it is run by the yellow-skulled monks. That does not sound pleasant. Uh, it takes maybe half an hour of walking to approach the city. I, I would like to ask about the dangers, dangers of the monastery or the road. Uh, they don't know. You kind of get the feeling that they don't know much of any kind of detail. Outside of the city of Gak. Oh, 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 and there's and this one particular vendor, uh, they have a spiced meat on a stick that is absolutely uh, divine. You have to try it. 
No, as soon as we are out of prison, perhaps. Or <laughs> maybe you could bring it to us while we are in prison. Oh, if 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 that if if the king would allow it, of course. I mean, just because we are in jail doesn't mean it has to be unpleasant. Of course not. How often do people go to jail for going to the Forbidden Lands? Well, hardly ever. Why would someone want to go to the Forbidden Lands? They are, after all, forbidden. I, I, I'm getting this train of thought down very well. All right. <laughs> I am so looking forward to meeting your king. Uh, as you approach the city, uh, it is a walled city. There are gates set into the wall, uh, and they are standing wide open. Uh, around the ramparts, there are a number of flags of uh, all sorts of colors flapping in the breeze and the sunlight. And even as you approach, you can kind of hear a cacophony of, of noise and smells coming from out of the gate. And, you, and, you know, as soon as you enter the gate, you find yourselves in a huge bazaar. Uh, there are a number of uh, vendors, carts and stalls of every kind, food and spices and... Uh, Linens and um, you know pots and pans and uh, you know, swords and birds and animals and you know almost anything you can imagine. There's someone around here selling it, and you know there are. It's just filled with people, and they're talking and they're laughing and haggling over you know buying and selling. Uh, you know, there's food and there's wine. Uh, everyone is wearing um, you know, a very kind of similar style of clothing to uh, the two men who accompanied you along the road. Uh, very loose fitting, um, kind of puffy, billowy clothes of satins and silks. Um, most, well, not most, but many uh, of the men are not wearing uh, shirts, only you know, kind of fluffy satin or silk, um, kind of billowy pants. Um, you know, many of the women are you know wearing uh, silks in various states of translucency. Um, some of them, <clears throat> you know, there are some women, you know, over here who are dancing and you know with small symbols on their fingers and. There are men seated on the ground playing flutes. Uh, there are a number of what appear to be camels. Uh, some of them have one hump. Some of them have two. Some of them have three. Uh, ahead of you in the center of the city, there's this. There's kind of a hill that rises up uh, in, uh, in the circle of walls. And on the hill, there is a large palace. The walls and towers of the palace uh, are of some kind of bright white and gold marble. And there's gold bands inlaid into the marble. Um, you notice that you know you've been walking for you know a you know a half an hour you know out in the bright sun, cloudless sky. It's 
You know, mm. it's a beautiful, warm day. It's not hot by any stretch of the imagination, but it is, you know, warm and comfortable. Um, you're not sweating a bit. Um, as soon as you come into the city, uh, a number of other uh, guards, about a dozen of them, dressed as uh, the same as the uh, two men that you came along the road with, uh, circle around you. Ah, excellent. Prisoners, I see, for trial. Come, come. This way to the palace. I raise my eyebrows and go along. Can we get some of that spiced meat on the skewers before we go? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. <clears throat> we, we, we must not keep the Grand Vizier waiting. Uh, the, the trial will be over soon. And, uh, if, you are, if you are found innocent, then of course you can return to the bazaar. Why wouldn't we be found innocent? We are innocent. Oh, well, then you have nothing to worry about, do you? Excellent. Uh, we follow along. Uh, they lead you through the bazaar and through a, a large wide boulevard through the city up to up the hill to the palace. Uh, as you get close to the palace, as, as beautiful and as magnificent as it was from a distance, it is even more so. The, uh, <clears throat> the white marble is almost pink and kind of translucent in the sun. And there's inlay of gold and jewels in the marble. And lead you up to the palace entrance. And these two huge oaken doors swing open. And they lead you inside to a large waiting chamber. And the guards, I'm very sorry about this. I, you must understand that the Grand Vizier requires that we take your weapons. Really sorry. You you will get them back. I, I promise. But all right, all right. Murder. <laughs> Here, take them. Hand over my rapier. We give them. I really, I really hope you made the right call. <laughs> you know what? They seem like very reasonable people. We uh, when they are, when, when they cannot hear us talking, I will say they don't look like very smart people. So that's what I decided to tag along. We'll see. <laughs> I had that thought myself, but we will see. You know. As as they take you, as you give them each of your weapons, they they thank you and apologize again for for have, for you having to do this. Uh, and you know it only takes a couple minutes, um, but they then once you are completely disarmed, uh, they escort you through another set of doors and into a room, and this room is absolutely the biggest open space you have ever seen the biggest interior open space you have ever seen uh the you know the ceiling is a good 20 or 30 feet above you 
It is probably nearly 50 feet wide and it stretches off into the distance, you know, a hundred, maybe 200 feet. There's a, there's a huge, thick, beautifully woven rug running this length of the center of the room. Uh, along each wall, there are lines of guards. There's a guard every three or four feet for the entire length of this room. And at the far end, you almost can't see it. There's a set of steps leading up to a dais and what appears to be a throne, which is empty at the moment. And the guards lead you down the center of this rug and the room. The soldiers standing on the walls, they, they, they stand there in perfect attention, stare, each of them staring straight ahead. You know, they, they don't catch your eyes. You know, they don't turn their heads. Even their eyes don't move. You know, they're, they're clearly alive. I mean, they blink and you can see them breathing. But beyond that, you know, they're just ramrod straight and standing at attention. As you reach the far end of the room, you can see that the, yep, yep, that is, that is indeed a throne, but it is huge. It is, you know, the size of a chair that two, maybe even three people could sit on at once. It is tall and wide and massive. There's no one sitting there, though. Uh, there is, however, you can now see next to the throne, a small wooden table. And there is a small wooden chair at that table. And a man sitting in the chair. The table is covered in piles of paper. And as you come up, you can see he picks up a piece of paper, seems to read it open, seems to read it over, takes a quill pen, dips it in ink, you know, write something, you know, write something almost like he's signing it right on the paper and then sets it in a new pile. He doesn't even break, right? He's still, you know, reading and signing and doing this. As he says, and what do we have here? And one of the guards steps up. <clears throat> These people were caught in the Forbidden Lands, Grand Vizier. Uh, 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 we were not caught in the Forbidden Lands. You thought you saw us come out of there. We did not come out of the Forbidden Lands. Thank you. Huh. Is that all you have to say for yourself? That's all we need to say well, for that, ourselves. We weren't seen there. It, we weren't in there. We weren't there. Best it is a it, it is a confusion, of course. Best talk. Yep. Thirty-seven. Uh, uh, I don't have it. <laughs> I think base fast talk is what five, something lower than thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me check mine. Um, this, my eyes are not the same as they used to be. Um, fast talk. Oh, I have very high fast talk. 
and I pass with the help of two points of luck. <laughs> ah, well, that all seems reasonable then. A simple misunderstanding. Be on your way. Yes, course. thank you, thank you. <laughs> we just need our weapons back and we'll be going. Uh, the guards will escort you back out of the hall into the entrance room. Uh, they will return your weapons to you, uh, apologizing profusely, thanking you for your time, and they see you out of the palace. Wow. I like Let's this place. Let's go get some of that smoked meat. <laughs> we hungry. can take it in one day. I, I still wish we had seen this king. Have we? No, no, they said he was the Grand Vizier. He was not sitting in the throne. I was just curious. I mean, these I people. I can tell you. I can tell you that we were supposed to go to that monastery as soon as possible. So, extra day in jail was not going to help us. No, oh, you are. You are always right. Uh, that's what I'm a doctor. Yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I wonder if our um, our money is any good here. Uh, as you say that, and you reach for your money belt, you find your or your money pouch. Uh, it is there in you know the usual location that you keep it. Uh, what is your credit rating, hmm. Monsieur? Uh, I have a credit rating of 40%. 40. Uh, you, you find that your, so your money pouch doesn't have, you know, your doubloons or whatever coins you had in it before, but it does have 40 silver coins in it. Yeah. Very nice. I see that you have uh, quite some money we can eat, maybe buy a few camels and be on our way to the monastery. Or perhaps we can find out some more about this monastery and see if there is anybody traveling there. I like it even better. Yes. Let's ask around. Uh, Ms. This spiced meat, we asked some questions. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Ms. Fulton and Dr. Rhodes, you also you know, find you have money pouches similarly mm -hmm. filled with... A number of silver pieces either equal to whatever your credit rating is. All right. I got 60 coins because I have a very high credit rating. Well, there you go. Clearly, they have never seen you dress a battlefront. Let's go. <laughs> or shoot. All right. Out we go. Maybe we can talk to the guards. Um, hey, guards. Oh, yes. Well, given that, you know, you kind of caused some delay, maybe you can help us in exchange. Um, where can we find information about this monastery? At the monastery? No, here, about the monastery. Who, who, who can we talk to here that can help us? Hmm. 
some of the merchants maybe do people often travel there eh, on rare occasions someone will come or go all right let's just try the merchants <laughs> He purposefully hires very weak-minded guards. <laughs> You're suspicious about the king, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we go and buy some food and ask the people. Get some of these the spiced meat. It is lovely and tender and full of flavors that you are spending have have since you spend most of your time aboard a pirate ship or not particularly familiar with but you find them quite pleasant perhaps we should find out more about this for our cook I make small talk with the merchants and ask about the monastery. Um, the uh, give me a charm roll. Uh, I'm not particularly charming. I have a 55 and I rolled a two. Oh, there oh. we go. Well, uh, yes. The, the yes, uh, the merchants, especially the the male merchants, are more than happy to engage uh, the delightful Ms. Fulton uh, in conversation. So, what about this monastery? What can you tell us? Uh, it is run by the yellow skulled monks. They have they have a great deal of, of magic and a great deal of artifacts. They are quite mysterious. Oh. Do they perhaps have a temple or something here in this city? They do not. Ah. If we were going there, what would be the best way to get there? Uh, the road, the road to the west will take you directly there. I shrug and say, uh, is there an animal market where we can buy camels? He looks around, he looks around at the, you know, thousands of camels uh, coming and going and standing around and uh, clearly there's no shortage of camels available. Uh, many, you know, obviously being sold and and so forth. Uh, like a food market. Uh, it's a everything market. Ah. Uh. All right. Well, I wonder how. Do you know how many days' journey it is to this monastery? Oh, it it will not take long. It does not take long. 
How many days supplies we would need? Oh, not more than a day. Okay, so let's get yeah. the camels, I take it, uh, from, so yeah, we set about to purchase camels, however one does that. Uh, you can certainly purchase some camels. There are many camel vendors who will sell you a camel or three. Uh, sure, we'll take three. Uh, there is some haggling over price, but I'm sure eventually an appropriate bargain can be struck. And we procure some water skeins and some more of the smoked meat. Easily accomplished. Okay. Should we... Buy the clothes of the locals so that we will blend in more easily. Do you think it matters? Yeah. No, I, I think we should. Especially because we're not supposed to say anything about where we come from or who sent us. So visiting from Jack is the best I can come up with. I don't think they will know the Galapagos Islands. So how expensive are, expensive are things here, Jim? Like how much for three camels and clothes and food? Uh, as, as you're buying stuff and, and haggling, uh, you very quickly realize that, you know, the, the amount of silver that each of you has uh, makes each of you quite wealthy. Oh, wow. Okay. So we stock up and we get everything we need. And, uh, yeah. Get out? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you head out. Are you leading the camels or are you riding the camels? I, uh, riding, I guess. Okay. Uh, would you care to make ride camel rolls? <laughs> this is not going to be fun. <laughs> always, always making things difficult. Better <laughs> at strolling around on a moving ship. That's the base of uh, the camels. Uh, I got, got an eighteen. Whatever the base ride skill is, I don't know what that is. Five percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did not pass. Okay. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, it's, it, there's, there's a few comedic moments as you uh, each try to 
board your camel appropriately and get it to move in the direction you want. Um, but you're all eventually able to do so. It's it's not that big a problem. Can we hire a guide? Uh, yeah. Maybe we should. Um, if you ask around for a guide, the general answer would be, why do you need a guide? Follow that road. When you come to the fork, go to the right. Because we would not have known to go to the right at the fork. That is why we need the guide. <laughs> Party luck roll. Oh, let's see. Uh, it's not mine. I have a 14. Oh, it I is yours, sweetie. <laughs> so it is you. <laughs> 31. Uh, you are not able to find a guide. All right. We go down this road till we hit the fork and we take a right and hope it doesn't fork anymore. <laughs> You head out of town and head west. Uh, immediately out of town, the road is kind of dusty. The hills have that same kind of yellow scrub that they did to the north. Although the, uh, the dust kind of dies down as you travel. Um, after a couple hours on the camels, you can see that ahead of you in the distance on the horizon, there is a very large mountain rising up. After about another hour of travel, uh, you can see ahead of you on the road, there's what looks to be a caravan of some kind. You get closer, you can see there is a wagon. Pulling the wagon, there is a zebra. There is a man seated upon the zebra. And there are six men with spears kind of standing around the, uh, the wagon, uh, walking on foot. I don't know if we should talk to them or they will tell us that the city that we were just in was forbidden <laughs> and full of <laughs> Perhaps they need more guards. True. Buff True. <laughs> um maybe we can just bypass them, say hi, keep going. Uh, at your camel's walking pace, you are definitely moving faster than the zebra pulling the wagon. Uh, mm -hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't take too long that you uh, you catch up. As you do, you know the guards will kind of step to the side to allow you to pass, and the uh, the gentleman on the zebra will you know kind of pull it to the side, leaving room on the road for you to pass. That was not appropriately. Oh, good day, friends. Wonderful ah. day for a journey. Yes. Traveling far? 
Oh, not, not far. I am headed to Rinar. And yourselves? We're headed to the Monastery of you. Ah, I see. Yes, yes. Perhaps we could travel together until the road split. Oh, of course. I would be happy for this conversation. My name is Bilar. I am a candle merchant. Ah. Very nice. Not a keeper of bees, you just sell the candles? I just sell the candles, yes. Yourselves? Ah. What sends you to the monastery? Uh, we have a quest. Oh, yeah, a quest. Have you been to the monastery? Oh, not for some time. Ah, but you have been there. Oh, yes. Yeah, you, the yellow skulled monks, uh, they, they occasionally need some candles. So I occasionally sell them some candles. Tell us about these monks. Are they men of peace? Hey, they are as peaceful as anyone. I must admit that the name Yellow Skulled Monk seems a little <laughs> ominous. Well, what else would you call them? They are monks. Their skulls are yellow. Ah, well, it makes perfect sense. I cannot argue with that kind of logic. Well, I did not name them. That is a fine animal you are riding. Ah, yeah. Zebra is very reliable. He reaches down and pats the zebra on the neck. Why are our camels faster than the zebra? Because the zebra is pulling a cart. Ah. And it's moving at kind of just kind of a slow plodding, you know, easy going pace. Okay. You are well guarded. Are these magic candles? Ah, they are candles. All candles are a kind of magic. You know what? I agree with that. <laughs> they give light, they give scent. They are valuable. Besides, the roads can be dangerous. Yes, especially to people who are strangers to this strange land. Oh, well, I hope that you do not encounter any trouble. I hope the same for you. 
and we travel. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, he would. You know, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll definitely, you know, converse with you, you know, as you wish about the weather, or the, you know, the blue sky, or you know, the various sizes and shapes and scents of candles that he has. <clears throat> um, it's not long until you can see ahead of you that the road does indeed uh, fork. Um, kind of, you would describe it as the road that you are on continues, you know, to the west, and the fork turns to the south. Ah, this is me here. Uh, you're headed to the monastery. Just continue on that way. Thank you, Bilal. It's nice to talk to you. It has been a pleasure. I wish you good travels. And we head to the right fork. You can see that uh, Allah's wagon and the guards turn off and trundle away to the south. Continue on the road, the mountain slowly growing ever closer. After about another 30, 40 minutes or so of traveling, spot hidden roll, or not spot, yeah, listen rolls. Fail my listen. Yeah, I only have base, so I fail. Uh, Meredith, what was yours? Fail. Okay. Uh, you hear <laughs> the breeze blowing in your ears. Marie singing to entertain you, perhaps. <laughs> your own conversation, the occasional coughs and snorts and spits of your camels. Uh, but after a couple minutes, something else you hear ahead of you on the road and you can see at the same time uh, there is something on the road it appears to be fairly small somewhat furry and it is making a screeching noise <laughs> Is it the cat? It sounds like it is in pain. And as you say that and look closer, it is indeed a gray and black cat with some white patches. It's laying in the middle of the road, just kind of making this screeching, caterwauling sound. And it it's holding one of its paws in kind of a strange, uh, unfortunate angle and, and kind of licking it and then kind of making this, this screeching um sound and you know then licking the paw doctor help the poor kitty i'll do my best what can i roll medicine uh you can get down and you get down and take a look and yep it's a cat uh its paw is apparently clearly injured you reach down and as you do the cat jumps up 
and hisses at you. Its paw no longer looks quite as injured. Hmm. And you very quickly realize, although it was in complete silence, that the three of you are completely surrounded (laughs) by cats. There are 50 of them, 100, maybe 200 cats of all sizes and colors surrounding you. They're just kind of in this big ring around you. And the cat on the road looks up at you and kind of hisses and growls and meows. I would Doctor, you... get back on your camel. Like <laughs> for provisions? A cat hisses at you again. Clearly in response to what you said. Uh, Go ahead. We should keep going and see if they try to stop us. I mean, they're cats and we're on camels. I don't think the camels will like it. It's okay, we have whips. We try to proceed through the ring of cats. Okay. Uh, Dr. Oates, as you stand and move towards your camel, would you make a dodge roll, please? Yes. Uh, 12. It is a success. Hard success. Uh, Okay. Uh, The cat that was on the road takes a kind of leap and a swipe at you and just barely misses. The other cats... Close the ring a bit. Do we have a ship's cat? I mean, to catch rats and that, it would make sense. I would assume so. Are we on good terms with this cat? I would assume so. Why do you ask? I just... A good relationship with one cat, you know, you know what cats like. So maybe I was thinking I would take out the smoked meats and uh, make an offering. Uh, As you as you pull some meat out of your store there, out of your pack, Mm -hmm. the cat kind of looks at you and and backs, clearly backs off a step. It backed up. Meow. Would you like this? I offer it. Meow, meow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I do like the ship's cat. I like Mr. Mittens very much. I will get down and, and make a... Obsequious offer to the head of the cats there. 
uh, as you do. Um, uh, an appropriate number of the cats will from the ring will come in and they'll each grab some of the food and take it back to the others. And the ring of cats kind of disperses back into the hills with their prize. Uh-huh. Hmm. So we continue. Okay. Uh, right, cats. <laughs> uh, you continue on for about another hour, two hours. Um, natural world rolls. Um, you know what? I'd, I'd, ev- I'd even take nav- I'd, I'd even take navigation as well. Okay. I, I do pass the natural world. I get the navigate. I fail the navigate. Okay. You know, so at this point, you've been traveling six hours, eight hours, maybe 10 hours. The sun has hardly moved. Interesting. I'm beginning yeah. to wonder about. <clears throat> Stay in jail. Especially Monsieur Chappelle with his you know precise navigational knowledge, you know, can tell that the sun has you know shifted a fraction of a degree, but not much more than this. Well we're in the dreamland, right? Mm-hmm. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, you consider what a day in jail might really mean <laughs> you're glad mm-hmm. he didn't end up there <laughs> nice but after a few more hours of travel amongst the rolling hills mountain rising behind it you see a building uh, it's a fairly large building kind of hard to get a good bearing on because as you kind of you know try to you know turn your head and get different angles on it you know it's it's from you know from looking at it kind of one way it's you know it's tall but not that tall maybe you know 20 30 feet you kind of get another angle on it and oh well maybe it's more like 50 or 60 feet high it's it's kind of hard to get a, a good bearing on exactly how big it is. Um, It seems to be made of a very solid kind of gray and black granite. Um, On the face of the monastery as the road approaches it, there are a number of pillars along the wall. Uh, And set into the wall are a number of uh, thick wooden doors that themselves are clearly at least 15 or 20 feet high. Uh, one of them is slightly ajar. And leading up the hillside to this building, there is a set of stairs. Uh, and the stairs are covered with carvings, uh, sigils, signs, symbols, you know, some of which kind of vaguely look 
astronomical, some of which you don't particularly recognize, some of which actually put you in mind of the writing that you saw in the cavern under the sea, and some of which look completely different yet again. Uh, there are a number, perhaps two, three dozen, of uh, men, women, and even children uh, kind of slowly walking up the steps. You know, they'll kind of take a you know, take a step and, you know, some of them, it, it almost looks like each of them is doing something different, right? Some of the, you know, you know, this, this man and a woman will, you know, will bow at each step, you know, an, another set of people, you know, as they take a step, will will stop, you know, will turn, um, you know, facing downwards, you know, raise their arm to the sky, seem to say something, then turn and take another step, you know, it, Almost everyone, like I say, is doing something different as they come up the steps. Uh, and you can see as each of them eventually reaches the top, uh, they will stop at the slightly open door, um, make some kind of sign with their hands you, you can't quite make out, uh, and then step inside. Uh, each of the people that you see going up these stairs uh, is uh, carrying a small bundle or a pack or a sack. Um, not more than this, but every single one of them is carrying something. You can all make dream lore rolls if you want to. Uh, no. Fail. Failed. Okay. As you stand here looking up at the monastery and these strange pilgrims moving up the stairs into the monastery, I think this is a good place to call it for the evening.